Today, we're going to talk about the state of the economy. Where is the U.S. economy in 2020 after this shutdown? And what we have done to and done to our economy? Where are we? We're going to talk about that today. Welcome to How to Build a Tenth Podcast on how to make you successful. My name is Matt Williams. Thank you for listening to the show, sharing the show with a friend, coming a member of the FLF Network over to flfnetwork.com. Put in HDBT, you'll get a mug, a shirt, great content, $100 off. The conference that's coming up October 1st through 3rd, man, that feels like half the year is already gone. And it's kind of, it's getting close to there. I guess that's what uh, isolation and social distancing will do to you. It'll make, make time go by really slow and really fast all at the same time. I, I don't know about you, but I'm definitely not sitting around doing nothing. I feel like I'm busier than ever. And then some of the things I'm really excited to share with you about, I can't quite share share them with you yet, but there's a lot of things that uh, God is doing that's amazing and it's a blessing. And I'm just really thankful for to be able to help, to contribute, and to bless others. And just having that mindset in business, in your Christian life, in your family, um, you know, that is where I think God will use you the most is when you have that mindset of looking to bless others, to love others, to uh, share with them the hope that is within you through your actions, through your deeds. And so I try to do that, and it's been a wonderful ride. So before we get into what I want to talk about today, I want to talk to you about somebody. Well, first, actually, I want to say how great my wife is. I want to give a shout-out to her. Right before I was recording, I went downstairs to get a drink a Perrier, in fact. And she is nine months pregnant. I mean, we are... Going to be disappearing from the podcast world for a couple days, at least, because my uh, baby girl is due to be born in the next couple of weeks, and she's on the floor scrubbing tile, She and she doesn't complain about it. She's uh, an amazing worker, an amazing mother, amazing wife, and uh, hey, I love you, babe. Thank you for being able to, uh, or doing all that you do and allowing me to be able to do things like this and uh, be able to do podcasting at night. Uh, so thank you for that. Now, something that I'm sure a lot of you know that are in the startup world is that when you are in a startup team, when you are trying something, even a side hustle, it's whenever it's a team, you're sacrificing together, you're not getting paid, you are rallying around a dream, you're contributing, you're working really hard, you're dealing with obstacles, you're dealing with challenges, and you almost just create this family-like feel especially as the leader of the team, the leader of the company, as a CEO of a startup. And it's not that you love them like you love your family and you have the close bonds that you have with your family, but especially as a CEO, you you take on a responsibility almost because you are, if you're even if you're not paying them, you are creating a vision, you're getting their buy-in to get to a place someday where you're going to give them a career, where you're going to give them... Um, give them an opportunity and all these things. And a lot of times they don't work out and it's really sad. But even when you have employees, it's like you kind of take responsibility for them in a sense because you are providing them the income that's going to help pay and provide for their family. And I bring that up because there was one person that I just saw on Facebook. Her name is Annie. And she was on one of my startup teams and she was phenomenal. and She was great. Just found out that her sister has, let's see, lung cancer, stage four lung cancer, and has bone metastasitis. 
in her spine. It's treatable, but not curable. There's no surgery allowed. The best case scenario, she has seven to nine years. She has two to three years in the worst case scenario. And she's going to fight. She's asking for her prayers. Uh, she has a one-year-old and a two-year-old. She's married. Uh, it just breaks my heart. I don't know about you, but now that I have children, even in movies, um, but whenever something sad or happens with loss or death to a parent or to a child, just thinking about that in your own terms of, man, I, I would be heartbroken if I lost a child or I'd be heartbroken to see my children grow up without their mom. And there's a very real, op- really, very real chance that this is going to happen to this family. And so, one, I want you to pray for them. Alicia is her name, Alicia Gonzalez. And two, if you feel led and want to kind of bless them and just with like maybe $5, $10, you know, whatever you can spare to help them get to their goal. They're almost there. Right now I'm looking at it. They have $13,677. Their goal is $15,000. And that'd be just a great opportunity to donate. And then you can go on their GoFundMe page and then just put your praying for them. And it would just be really great to see God do a healing and to, um, you know, do something that the medical world says there's no hope for. What better opportunity to pray for a miracle, to pray for them to experience the hope that we have found in Christ. And, you know, being able to donate, you know, five, ten bucks, you not even knowing them, just saying, hey, I'm praying for you would be an awesome opportunity. So pray for them. Definitely pray for them. But also consider just giving them five, ten bucks, whatever you can spare, um, just to give them a little blessing and to get them over to the top. That'd be really great. That'd be a, mean a lot to me. So uh, thank you for considering that. Again, the show note, I will put the link in the show notes for the GoFundMe donation. All right, I want to talk about where we are in the economy with this shutdown. But before I do, I just want to get you boiling like mine does every once in a while. There was a study that came out from Switzerland, not to be confused with Sweden that we talked about the other day. Us Americans can get those sometimes confused. And Germany... And there was this joint study, and it's all in some foreign language that I can't read. But I can read the charts, which is very nice. So, you know, being a data, data analyst by trade, it's helpful. Now, when they look at contagious diseases, they have an R not. They have an R number where it determines how contagious a disease is. And I'm sure you know this listening to what's going on in the world today. So... Uh, If you have, let's just say, an R3, that means that for every person that's sick, they will get three people infected with that disease or virus. So if it's a three, high contagion, everyone, it's going to get three people contagious with who they're involved with, talk with, or whatever's in their lives. In Germany, in Sweden... No, Switzerland. See, even I can confuse them. Switzerland and Germany, there was an R3 for this virus that's going around that will not be named so that my show doesn't get censored. And it shows right before they shut down the economy in their study, right? An academic study. This isn't like Hocus Pocus. This isn't, you know, some conspiracy theorist YouTube channel. This isn't a documentary about the Rothschilds taking over the world. A medical study. In some language I can't understand. (laughs) Right before they shut down, and it shows it in the chart, and I will put it in the show notes, or actually I tweeted it out, and you should look at it there. 
it got to an R1 right before they shut down. So for every person that was contagious, they'd get one other person contagious, get infected with the virus or the illness. That's nothing. That's, I mean, that's something, but it's not nothing. And it's definitely not worth shutting down the economy over. Don't you agree? Now, with this shutdown, again, we've been shut down for 45 days. I can't believe it. I mean, it's close to 45 days. 45 days. And we are going to be shut down for even longer. Some states are holding out, not opening up because they want federal funds. Some states are going to start opening up. Tennessee and Georgia are some of them. And a lot of the other Republican states are going to be opening up as well, which is going to be good. But it's not going to be back to normal. But even with that, it seems that the U.S. GDP growth will be around 2% in 2020. 2% from 2.2% in 2019. That is very interesting to me for a number of reasons of the prospects of what's going to happen as far as how we're going when we're going to get back to work. That is what work is getting back or what the economy getting back to work is going to look like in quarter 3 and quarter 4. And if you remember, we've talked about this on the show, we were calling out the press on that. And I don't want to get back onto just punching the press and using them as a punching bag. But they were using the word recession, two consecutive quarters of negative GDP growth. And you, I guess technically you could still have a recession, negative growth in quarter two and then negative growth in quarter three, and then still have 2% growth in 2020, but that'd be a friggin' rockin' fourth quarter. Uh, but that's not going to happen. No one's predicting that to happen. Even with the shutdown that we're having, the GDP growth is 2%. Now... I want to reiterate and kind of just touch back on what I was been talking about before and what I was thinking. And one of the things that I was thinking before is I was optimistic about getting back in the stock market and getting back into um, just different industries because 45 days I didn't think was going to happen. I honestly did not think that we would be where we are at today. It's absolutely insane. And you can tell how insane it is by people are just stop stop. I'm not even caring anymore about not going out. They're getting out. They're saying, screw it. People are noticing in all the stores that people are out. It's more crowded. People, it's not all desolated, desolate. <laughs> and people are just not listening to the guidelines anymore. For better or worse, getting thrown in jail, getting tickets, getting fines, whatever. It's just people have had enough. So I can't believe that we are here because this is still true that every day shut down is exponentially worse than the day before. Day one of the shutdown was not as bad as today's day of being shut down. It's exponentially worse because more and more small businesses are going to be going out of business the longer we are shut down, the longer you are without revenue. Most companies, most small businesses, especially in their first couple years, are paycheck to paycheck. They're using loans to float payroll and all those things. And when you don't have that money coming in for 45 days plus, because they're not going to just instantly get all of their customers back usually, they are going to be going out of business. Now, on the bright side of things is that, like I've said also in other shows, is the demand did not just disappear, but the demand curves shifted. That is, demand for products previously to this virus, previously to the shutdown, were at certain spots, and then those certain items, services shifted down, the demand dropped. 
But in other items, and we use that, the examples of paper towels, toilet paper, the demand curve shifted up. And it's I use that simple example, simple product, but there's many more different types of those products. And what we're seeing here and what we hear about as far as creating a pattern, creating a habit, it takes about 30 days. We are way past 30 days of a habit. And we're seeing different channels, different technologies, different habits of the U.S. consumer happening. And so we're not seeing a shutdown, like they're saying, of the economy. We're seeing shifts in the economy that we weren't prepared for. And that's why we can have oil be negative in price. is because we were not prepared to have an economy shift the demand curves in all these products so quickly. No one's driving, no one's traveling. Those were not expected um, outcomes in the court second quarter of 2020 before this was that virus is even mentioned. And so you can't just stop world production. You can't just stop globalization. It's a huge freight train that takes miles and miles to stop. That's what the global economy and our economy and global trade and all that stuff is. And so we're seeing the product of it, but it doesn't mean the world has stopped. Things are moving. It just looks a lot different. And when we come back, things are going to be different. And I'm not just saying it from a medical perspective. We hear that a lot with the masks. We hear that a lot about handshakes, going into groups. We're not going to have concerts. We're not going to have sports. We're not going to be going to stadiums. That's insane. I hope we all go back to them. As soon as my and you know baby's born, I'm going to be going out and I'm not going to care at all. I'm just staying in and being careful because of all the stories we've heard about what hospitals have tried to do if the parents have been tested for it. I don't want to go to jail, but no one's taking my kid away from me. Um, and I'm just trying to prevent that from happening by not getting the thing that everyone's freaking out about that I'm not going to say because it might censor my show. Not might, it will. But here's an interesting thing. Netflix just came out with their earnings for the quarter. And their 85 million households watched at least two minutes of Netflix original movies or an original movie, Spencer Confidential. 65 million households checked out some other show. And I, what you're seeing here is a shift from TV to online streaming. And this is an anecdotal evidence evidence anecdotal evidence it's a microcosm of what's happening in the world you can see it in zoom with teleconferencing is yes netflix is going to lose their 18 million subscribers they gained or whatever it was they're not going to have as many but they're still going to have more than they had beforehand zoom is not going to have as many online conferences they're still going to have a lot more than they had before and then Teams, Microsoft Teams has an option and those things like that. Because what is happening is we are changing our behaviors, which means the demand curves in the economy are going to be shifting, which means that, one, there's going to be opportunity for an entrepreneurial mindset for small businesses to take advantage of these shifts as big companies are going to be trying to figure out what all this means and how they can address the market. Big companies are going to take a year, two years to figure out how to do that. A small business, a startup can do it in weeks, can get up and running with an MVP in weeks if they if they sweat it out and they really hustle on it. 
So there's going to be great opportunities here. And the second thing I still think is true. I said this in the beginning. This recession is not from the overextending of credit from companies, from organizations not being or spending more than they had and having to contract and to um, reorganize and restructure. It's not that kind of recession. But what's happened is we are becoming more efficient. We've been forced into technologies. We're not spending $20 per person on a movie anymore. We're spending $20 for the whole family on the movie, which creates efficiencies. Yeah, the movie industry is going to lose business. Possibly they're going to lose some revenue because now they get the whole, they hold $20 ticket. They don't have to share it. But then also it's going to be less revenue coming in. But for the individual, for the home, instead of going for a family of four, spending four times 20, $80, they will only have to spend $20, which means they have 60 more dollars to do other things with, invest, other disposable income and things like that. And that's just, again, one example of what's happening all over. From a business perspective, people are going to be doing a lot more online conferences. They're going to be more comfortable with letting people work from home, which means that people have to buy less dress clothes. They have to travel less. They have to commute less. They have to do a whole bunch of things less. From a business perspective, you have to have less insurance because you don't have as many people that are going to be on campus that if they can get hurt from workers' comp, then you don't have to spend as much money on rent because you're not going to need as many offices and so on and so forth. There's going to be many, many different examples of this, which is going to create great opportunity. The last thing I wanted to hit is this, obviously the Senate strikes the deal. We'll see what happens with the house. I believe that there's going to be more pork put into it. And again, just dishonest media, $484 billion relief package, and they break it down. Most of it, $484 billion. And this isn't even phase four guys. This isn't even phase four. This is 3.5 phase 3.5. They're like, it's, they're trying to get so much in. They're creating half phases. I've never heard of this before. It's absolutely insane. The Senate reached 4.84 billion. So from the Senate, the controlled Republican Senate hasn't gone to the Democrats. They are big professional spenders. Let me tell you, 320 billion is going to go to the Paycheck Protection Program, which is good news. 60 billion of it is going to be set aside for small lenders. And then it would also offer 75 billion for hospitals and 25 billion for coronavirus testing. And who knows where the other billions are. And they don't list them here. They just list the high points that are going to be popular for the public. And this is the sneaky little trick. Because the press should be calling out all of the pork that's being spent. There's billions of dollars not accounted for here in this article, in this bill. But they're not going to bring it up. Because they're not on our side. They're on big government's side. Because those are the ones who give them the story. Those are the ones who will bring in the millions for them. And those are the ones that are going to create careers. Make it and break careers for them. It's a sad world we live in. We're just spending trillions and trillions and trillions. I guess, the, again, we talked about phase four is going to be $500 billion. It's probably going to be more than that after you know everyone gets their hands in it. But that is absolutely insane. And we're going to be spending like $5 trillion on bailout packages. And we did it before. I'm not going to do it now. But if you just go back and you look at the GDP for 2019 and divide it by how many days and then add it up to how many days we've been shut down, it doesn't even come close to how much we've spent. It's like 600, I think it was $600 billion, $500 billion. Oh, man. 
But the good news, and we'll lead, we'll end on this. There's opportunity. Demand curves are shifting. Small businesses, startups are going to have the first shot, the first crack at figuring out where you can provide value, where big businesses aren't going to be able to pivot and adjust fast enough. So look for those opportunities. Look for the ability to make a profit. Look for the ability to grow and start a small business. And look for those opportunities in the stock market where there's going to be discounts and deals because of these shifts. Let's go out, be successful, and talk to you.